Welcome. You're tuned in to the rest of the sermon, a podcast where we dive deeper into content, conversation, and application of Sunday sermon at Westside Church in Poplar Bluff. If you want more information, you can visit our website at westsidepb.org. If you have any questions you'd like answered on this podcast, you can email them to info at westsidepb. Most importantly, it's all about Jesus. And we're live. And we're, yeah. And uh, I'm here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why is that weird? Because huh? I didn't say it. Uh, I said we're live. I was waiting for it. How's everybody? We good today? It's a good so. day. Feeling good. The past couple of days have had mad, foggy, overcast. Dude, driving to church on Sunday was like, whoa. whoa. Yeah, that was intense. That was, was. I feel like that was one of the most fall days that we've had. Like It was just straight fog. Yeah, yeah. straight fog, but it was also doomy, gloomy kind of yeah. as it well. It was. It was very gray. Yeah. And just, Can you yeah. believe that it's November? No. Yeah. Well, guys, we are here. I mean, I've started Christmas shopping. <laughs> right? Like Absolutely. That's a yeah. totally appropriate thing. Yeah. Ooh, we want to hear from you guys. Have you started Christmas shopping? Or is that like a, are you guys a couple like December, ooh, better get on Amazon, better start doing it, getting it done type stuff? Or how do you execute it? I make a list in October and we start November. Perfect. Yeah. Like November 1. Yep. It's now uh-huh. time. I like to have it all done in November. Yeah. Because it takes me a month to wrap them. Mm-hmm. Our family is so big. We buy for over 40 people. Yeah. Oh. And by the time that I wrap them all, yeah. it's just... You guys don't do the classic draw names and like get a name that type is thing? That is Wow. What? Yeah. That's big. That's a lot. It's huge. They're like, yeah. We have yeah. two family draws, but by the time nieces, nephews, cousins, yep. work yeah. family... Yeah. Like, I get it. <clears throat> I get it. Yeah. I get it for sure. But before we get to Christmas, we've got Thanksgiving coming up. Yeah. We do. And so today's question is, I want to know what is your favorite Thanksgiving dish? Now, I'm going to put this in two categories. Okay. I'm going to put this in the entree category of like main meal, we're eating it up, and then dessert category. Oh. Okay. I want the best out of each of those. And I also want to hear from the listeners if you're... I'm catching this on Facebook. Comment on the status. Send it in. Whatever. What is two categories? Your favorite Thanksgiving like entree, dish, main thing, and then dessert. Because there would be no limits here. Yeah. I could go. What's your favorite turkey? Deep fried this. What's your favorite side? Right. What's your favorite casserole? What and like and so I'm just doing main and then dessert. Okay. What are main options? Whatever you want. It okay. can be turkey. It can be casserole it can be whatever it is oh that can be the main okay yeah also i gotta know why did your voice dip on dessert my voice was like oh because i don't really eat dessert oh no because i thanksgiving, do you live for thanksgiving dessert yeah, yeah pumpkin okay. pie okay like that was the easiest Love thing it. ever Perfect. pumpkin pie done yeah done what's your entree like okay, or see, the main the thing heart. you know um, the thing on your plate that you're most looking forward to yeah that's not dessert how about that i have to pick one and that's hard if my mom's making yeast rolls that's it. Mm. Um, Man, that bread on Thanksgiving hits oh, different, doesn't it? It's so, just all the carbs. Just, yes. I live for that. However, um, like 
my mother-in-law, Gail, makes a really good cranberry salad thing, and I love cranberries. Yes. So honestly, those two things together. Yep. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm, yeah, that's I'm, all, I'm all about it. I'm yeah. all about it. Haley, on your Thanksgiving plate. I hate pumpkin. I hate all things pumpkin. Okay. It's not so pumpkin wrong. pie. Sure. I'm also not a huge dessert person. If I got to go something, I guess it's apple pie or okay. like my mom... We don't, she makes like chess pie. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. That's super good. She makes a chocolate chess pie. And then we make this like brownie crack thing. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. But there's options. There's options. I would say none of it is my favorite though. Okay. What about on your plate? Like this is Thanksgiving dinner when you do the 27 Thanksgivings (laughs) and travel around. (laughs) What's the one thing that you're like at every meal? I'm, I'm looking forward to this. So. On my dad's side of the family, because our families are all split up, we get one dish twice a year. We get it on Thanksgiving and we get it on Christmas. It is never made outside of those two meals. And it is ham loaf. Ham loaf. Explain. Yeah, I need to know what that is. Like a meatloaf. Okay. No beef. Ham, like literally a ham. Like honey ham, like a good honey ham. Like a ham. Yeah, okay. And it's like all minced up and there's sausage in there. And our family kept getting so big that they tried to make like a bigger and bigger loaf. And we were like, no, that's not working. You have to make lots of tiny loaves because it gets crispy on the outside. And there's like burnt edges of a ham loaf, meat loaf. And they make it with spicy sausage. And we have like spicy ones and not spicy ones. And to my knowledge, we're the only people that make No, that's I was about to say, I'm so jealous because that's such a great, that's such a specific like... This is the special thing for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yeah. And we like, you do not eat this any other time of the year. Now, where did this recipe, did this come down through the lineage? Like, where did this originate? So, like, if you asked me, it came down through the lineage. Okay. Because I have always had this my whole life. Yeah. I'm pretty sure my grandma maybe got this out of a cookbook. <laughs> sure. And it came sure. with like a Coca Cola jelly thing that we do not do <laughs> at all. Like, no. It has been modified for our family. Yeah. And now, like, my aunts know how to make it, and I know how to make it. I've never made it because they're still in their prime, right? Like, I'm not making this for another 20 years. Yeah. But my grandma made it, my aunt now makes it, and one day I will make it. This definitely came out of, like, a 1950s. Man, that was was such a good answer. Like, that was such a, one day I'll get to make it. Like, that's awesome. Get to make the ham loaf. So what do you look forward to? Yeah, I would say on my plate, I am a big... um, Turkey with a cranberry sauce, mm. but it's a specific cranberry sauce that comes from Courtney's side of the family, okay. and it's really, really, really good. Um, but when it comes to dessert, this is why I love coconut cream pie. Mm. Okay. And so my nanny would always, at Thanksgiving and at Christmas, kind of make the coconut cream pie, and she would make it in such a way that, like, the whip, like, peak points on top were burnt the meringue the meringue is burnt but the rest of it is perfect yeah the crust is perfect and then she puts it in the fridge and it gelled see that's the key a lot of people don't realize that that if you try to get that sucker an hour or two hours after that meringue is going to run everywhere it's got to gel up in the fridge so coconut cream pie for sure on thanksgiving is is the bomb for sure Yep. I like it. Yep. Is there any traditions on Thanksgiving that you guys do? Uh, we is there have, like a turkey bowl or is there anything like that? No, we don't. Um, 
the only like tradition tradition is at my mom's there has to be the canned cranberry sauce. Okay. And like my stepdad, it has to be cut on the lines. Like yes. it is just, it's that like I the sound and yeah. all of the thing. It is, it so is a, such a specific sound. It it's is. Like, <laughs> but like, it's just like yes. it's touch. Yeah. yeah. Yes, but so I mean, good. like there's certain things we all make um, that just like the fame, like, yeah. oh, we know. Does anybody do the wishbone? Hey guys, we wanted to take a break from the podcast and I wanted to fill you in on this incredible resource. Listen, I know I've got a lot of pastor friends, a lot of church volunteers, maybe you're on staff at a church, and there's a ton of things that when I started working at a church that I didn't know anything about. And when I became pastor at Westside, there was a lot that I didn't know about. And one of those things was church insurance. I'm in a board meeting. Someone says, what's our insurance policy? And I'm like, I have no idea. Listen, I don't care how much you paid for your seminary education. They don't teach you about church insurance. But listen, Westside has found a great resource at First Choice Insurance through our agent, Matt Phillips. First Choice Insurance is locally operated. It is family-owned. They have a ton of insurance policies from A to Z. They've insured everything from airplanes, zoos. Like, legitimately, Matt told me that they've insured a lion before. So listen, if you work at a church, if you're a pastor, and you're like, seminary did not teach me about church insurance, I want you to reach out to Matt Phillips at First Choice Insurance. The number is 573-686-2870. Again, that's Matt Phillips at First Choice Insurance, 573 686 Two eight seven zero, or you can check them out on Facebook. Again, family owned, locally operated. Matt Phillips, First Choice Insurance. Back to the show, guys. We used to as kids. I remember getting yeah. together at my aunts and stuff, but we don't really do that. Yeah, we used to as kids too, and yeah. it was never like I don't know. It just stopped, I guess. But there's no main. We don't have like a turkey bowl, or yeah. I know people who are like. They have a flag football or a game yeah. of touch football with their family, and it's like somebody's nose is getting bloody. Like, we're taking all the aggression out on our family member on this game right now. See, and this just speaks into the kind of family I have and then the one I married into. So the big deal at my mom's Thanksgiving is we draw names for Christmas mm-hmm. amongst all of us Yeah, siblings we do that too. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's too many of us it's good. to shop for. But then, like on Rick's side of the family, we always go would go to his grandparents, and after dinner, very traditional, the men would go out and yeah. cut firewood because they have an outside fireplace. Yeah. So the guys would all go out in the woods and cut, and the women would be Perfect. hanging out with the kids, talking, and yeah, it was always a good time. That's a great like. Hey, yeah. it's time. The winter's coming. Yeah, all of us men Everybody are here. Was there. Let's go chop wood. Yeah. Man, yeah, so manly. Yeah, it really, that's awesome. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Well, listen, we'd love to hear from you guys. Do you have a very famous or sacred Thanksgiving tradition, or what are you looking forward to on that Thanksgiving plate? Is it turkey? Is it? Do you guys deep fry a turkey? Yeah, anybody? I do. Yeah. Is it as dangerous as they say? Yes. So we yeah. learned out of necessity <laughs> yeah. when we were living in Louisiana after Hurricane Katrina, camper ovens do not fit a turkey. Yeah. yeah. And so mm. we were having to work. They were having to work. They yeah. couldn't get home. 
So we went and bought a turkey and we learned really quick. We had to go buy more oil because if there's water on it, it does. We Nothing caught on fire. So but basically it has to be thawed out. Completely. It can't, okay. And dried. And dried. Because. The, How do you do that though? A lot Take of paper a, towels and it's gross. So do you put it in the fridge for a little bit, oh. then, then take it out of the fridge? Turkey? I mean, I've never been the guy that was responsible no, for man, no, no, no. Like a, I've cleaned it out and no, done I that stuff, you. but I've never been a part of the process when of frying you it. Buy it at the store and yeah. it is frozen. It is like a couple of days, oh, depending on the size. For sure. Yeah. Oh, I know that and for you sure. Put it in the fridge, yes. and then there's like maybe a water bath, mm-hmm. and then yep. there's like getting all the stuff out of it so okay. that it cools quicker. Yep. And then lots of padding. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna make a joke that you could use a hairdryer. Don't actually do that, but right. like, yes, it's just like it's gross because there can be no padding. water because it's on. Well, the you know the pot it goes down into. Right. It's just you know the Boiling cylinder of oil. it. It's just going to shoot straight up yep. and. Wow. Rick moves quick when that happens. There's a statistic that, that, that we hear on the radio for trivia all the time, and it's like there's so many people on Thanksgiving that will go to the ER because of the frying a turkey accident yeah. on that type of stuff. So insane, insane. But we would love to hear from you guys. Have you burned yourself deep frying on turkey? No, I'm just what kidding. Your Hopefully not. Injury? Hopefully <laughs> not. Hopefully not. Hey, listen, today I wanted to um, – I'm sad that Adam couldn't be with us. But he had to scoot, but – I really wanted to think about and talk about in regards to the sermon on Sunday when we talked about persecution and Mm -hmm. hatred from the world. And I really, this past Sunday, um, felt a lot of conviction and went about the sermon really differently, like really differently. I was preparing to like break down the text and we're going to have some points here and we're just, this is going to be a normal way that I approach the text. And I was so caught off guard by the severity of the words that Jesus was saying, like the world's going to hate you. Yeah. I mean, you as my followers will be hated and despised. And I felt such a deep conviction that I'm not so sure that when I look at our lives that I see that. Now, I think what was helpful was, is we did talk about kind of like 17 things, I guess. Yeah, just 17. Yeah, I know. When you hear that, it's like, what in the world, you know? But I did talk about like, there's a number of things that, that we see in the scriptures, and actually Faith Life um, did a study, if I can find the graphic here, about a number of things that are considered um, on degrees of persecution, if you will. So, like, number one, disapproval, ridicule, number three, pressure to conform, number four, loss of educational opportunities, number five, economic sanctions, number six, relational shunning, I mean, then it goes, you know, alienation from community, loss of employment, Loss of property. Now we're starting to ratchet up. Yeah. Physical abuse, mob violence, harassment by officials, kidnapping, forced labor, imprisonment, physical torture, and then murder or execution. And when you see that, we kind of said number one, Christians overplay. And so they're like, I posted, you know, that I watched, um, what's the, case for Christ or, you know, I'm God's not dead. That's what I'm thinking yeah. of. I watched God's not dead. And at the end, you're supposed to post on your social media, mm-hmm. God's not dead. And 
somebody commented, well, I think he is. I was persecuted today. Like, uh, that's not what we're talking about. But also what I'm thankful for this list and the study that this organization did is that, you know, disapproval, ridicule, pressure, loss of opportunities, relational shunning. I think some of us are experiencing some of that and and we don't know necessarily how to name it. You know what I mean? Because there's, there's opposition. So to boil it down, we said that basically Jesus is saying is that upper room disciples are hated by the world. There's going to be opposition. Um, And the reason why I didn't just teach the text in a normal sense was the question that I really felt that the Lord had dropped on me was, does your relationship with me cost you anything? Because I really felt like that's what Jesus is saying. Like, guys, get get ready, man. And we see this all through the Gospels. Jesus is saying, prepare yourself. I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword and all of this. And so I thought it would be helpful maybe to ask, maybe for the people to hear from you guys, like when it comes to your relationship with Jesus costing you something, what does that look like? Like, is it obviously probably not the persecution that we're thinking of, but on a practical level, it can be relational, it can be social. What does your relationship with Jesus cost you? I think for me, especially, um, like at the beginning of my adult walk with Christ, where I got to kind of make decisions and do things, um, it was a lot of relationships that just went away. Yep. Um, Changing thing. I mean, I remember one time a boyfriend was like, Hey, um, I'm really tired of you asking me to go to church. Like, I don't want to do that. And you pressure that on me. And I remember being like, do you understand how big of a deal it is that I'm willing to put my God second to being in a relationship with you? Like, and that was like a very wrong view of me at the time, but being like, can you please take that? Like, there's a relational rub there. Like, yeah. Yep. Yep. Obviously, that is not John, and that's not who I married. <laughs> Amen. You know? And like, Amen. And then there were friendships that came with that yep. of like, hey, guys, I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. And then some really tough conversations about people I did stay friends with yeah. asking me to do certain things that it's like, wow. I sure. No. Yeah. And then, like, I. Jason kind of prepped us for this question just a little bit. And all of my examples, I was like, I'm not really sure I can say that detail (laughs) on a mic. Um, But then I was like, man, it's just crazy because he was like, did it end up awkward? Did it end up great? And it was all of it, right? Like it cost me something and I grieved it. And then I realized life is better. And then there were conversations that were so awkward. And then now that was a doorway to something else for, I mean, it's just crazy. And then like, even this is the one thing I will feel okay to talk about just because it's John and I, we had had sex and then we were not supposed to have sex. Right. And I remember like being like, this is one, a super awkward conversation, Yeah. but we love each other and we love Jesus. So we're going to do this. Sure. And then telling people who knew that we had already had sex yeah. that we are no longer doing that. Right. Yeah. To circle back around and like, yeah, that's a big deal. And they were like, but why? You've already sinned. Yeah. Wow. And it's like, 
Mm. okay and so like you don't realize how much like following the bible kind of does set you apart wow and you don't realize the conversations that's gonna have sure and And then to circle back around like you said and then have to like i mean because the reality is in in dating for example like man having to get a hotel room and then he stays there and I stay here and to really try to like, that's going to cost you something, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And in this day and age, that is just very quickly overlooked. The amount of like convenience that sin is. Sure. Mm. I mean, that's, yeah, it's, that's a great way to put it. But it's just, it's it's convenient. Obedience obedience has never been convenient a day in my life. No. Ever. And sin is not only convenient, but sometimes it's fun. Absolutely. Well, the Bible says that to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Yeah. The Bible says that, like, for sure. So I I love what you're saying to boil it down. Relational, for sure. There's a cost there. And then there's also, I think we would all agree, comfort. Yeah. Which, God, I hope so. You know, like if that's the bare minimum of what we're giving up is comfort to follow Jesus. Because think about this. We worship a man who was murdered. Mm -hmm. And he says in the text, they hate you because they've hated me. You know, I think we could talk about a whole conversation that Christians are wrongfully hated. They're hated for the wrong things. You know, the judgmental, the whatever, the Westboro Baptist, whatever, that deserves hate in that sense. But Jesus is saying the world is going to hate your obedience and your love. And so that's good. Thanks for sharing that, Haley. What about you, Nick, when it comes to your relationship with Jesus costing you something? It has forced some of the awkward conversations. Yeah. Um, So I work in a beauty shop. Mm. There's lots of conversations. Yes. We talk all day long. Yep. And I had someone tell me within the last year, mm-hmm. oh, well, I don't want to tell you this because you're religious. And yep. I'm like... And and can we pause for a second? They put the barrier there. Yes, yes. Like, please don't paint us in the corner no. of Christians being awkward. Like, you just made it awkward. Yeah, and you know? I... <laughs> like... It hit me so hard and so mm, wrong. Yeah. I said, no, ma'am. Yeah. I have a relationship, yeah. Um, not a religion. People get hurt by religion because you're putting things out there. Sure. But no, I said there's a difference. And we were having a conversation between love and acceptance and how they're different. Yeah. I can love a lot of people. I don't have to accept what you do Yeah. because yeah. my obedience tells me that's not okay. For sure. And it was just like I have, I have had friends in the past. They're like, well, you're different now. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. That's the and thank point. you for noticing. Praise yeah. God. You yeah. know, praise and God. So when the list was coming through, I'm like, I've never been beat. I've never, you know, had money taken from me. Yeah. I'm sure financially I have lost money. Sure. Because I am open and that's okay. Right. I'm yeah. not mad about that. Sure. But the separation from community and different things, because mm. you do, you do find your circle changes and your friend group changes because I'm not interested in living a certain way. Yep, 100%. And, the content of those yeah. relationship yes. changes. Yeah, yes. and it's for the better, but it's awkward at first. Like, yeah. I don't know what to do on a Friday and Saturday night now that I'm not going yeah. out. Or, you know, it's you funny know, that like, you say that. Just at Westside Men, we were talking, one of these guys had gone through John 3 and Crossroads and stuff like that. And I said, man, one of the things that I think is so important for guys like you who are just coming out of this program and dude, you are like 
killing it in disciplines. There's been so much radical change. There is so much fruit over that short period of time due to the crisis mentality because the program works that way. It only works under a crisis. But I said one of the things that I've seen the most for guys who come out of that program struggle with is a Wednesday night. What do you do? What do you do? There's yeah. no, there's nothing really needed at the church. There's no revival yeah. in town. There's no, and it's like, uh-oh, it's this level of great, you know, yeah. is this normal? Because you're coming from a mountaintop experience and then like the normal, ordinary, everyday life. But I mean, I remember kids in high school, like who were just actively following Jesus and loving Jesus. I was not one of them. And those kids definitely like, were not at places and probably spent time bored at home yeah. like and, and didn't come to places. And I think, well, I was there and I have nothing good to show for it. So they made <laughs> yeah. the best decision. You know what I mean? But so, in high school especially. Oh, yeah. Those church kids. Yeah. And the, I mean, and I can sit here and think of people that were, quote unquote, those church kids. Yep. And they weren't doing the dumb stuff. Right. That, Amen. You know, I yeah. One of the things I remember about JT was like he didn't have um Snapchat or TikTok. Mm. And for him to be a young guy, yeah. I was like, bro, why not? And he said, Bruh. <laughs> let me tell you why, bruh. Because you don't even have to ask for stuff. No. It just gets sent to you. And I just remember thinking, wow, here is a 20-year-old young man who is having to actively go, nope, and I'm going to miss out on a level of social interaction, and my friends are going to carry these conversations and do this stuff. It's time to give another shout-out to another sponsor of the Rest of the Sermon podcast. This shout-out goes to our great friends over at Smart Marketing right here in Popper Bluff, Missouri. Smart Marketing is a fantastic media company. And when I say media, I mean websites, graphic design, videography, anything that you need, Smart Marketing can do it. You need to head on over to Facebook, just type in Smart Marketing, and you'll see their cool light bulb logo pop up, and you can get a ton of information there. Or you can just give them a call, Smart Marketing at 573-840-0334. Again, that's Smart Marketing right here in Popper Bluff, 573-840-0334. Back to the show. But I'm not going to get to participate into that because it's a conscious choice. But that, like, I get so frustrated when adults say, Oh, I don't know if I want to bring children into this world. Right. You're making yourself a God in that moment because God is bringing them into the world that they are going to be born into. Yeah. And God's plan for it to get better is for you to bring kids into the world. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Change the culture, man. Yeah, it makes me crazy because they're the same ones that are like, well, we took God out of schools. Um, no, sir. My kid goes to school every single day, and Amen. you best believe she's praying for, before come a on, test. Come on. But yeah. I had this conversation with a guy yesterday, and the world he and I grew up in, and even you guys grew up in being younger than me, is not the same world because no. of all the social media access. Yeah, no, no, it's it's a real... Th- it's, it is different. We have got to be, time. be different. Yeah. We have got to be set apart sure. and different because... My daughter has probably seen 
more images, and we're just going to leave it at that, yeah. than I have right. just because of social media. Yeah, man. Unsolicited, just like JT. Yeah, and I think what's important, too, and I kind of mentioned this Sunday that it's a catch-22 for us here in the U.S., right? Because we have religious freedom. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful that my granddaddy Bean went and did some things and saw some things in the Korean War yeah. and all of these things that fought for our freedom. And I'm grateful for that, man. I'm grateful on Sunday we don't have to worry about the door getting kicked in or any of that stuff. But also, when I look at the book of Acts, like Leonard Ravenhill said, that for revival to take place, America needs what the early church needed, poverty and persecution. Yeah. Because revival happens under those elements. So for us, it's a catch-22. We have this freedom and we have this comfort, but we become lethargic and out of breath and real cozy when it comes to this, which leads me to this. I Asian Access is a Christian uh, missions agency in South Asia, and they are blowing up when it comes to planting churches. And I mean, conversions, guys, miracles are, awesome. are, are happening. Like it is... Bibles getting smuggled in. We're we're seeing, you know, Jesus appearing to people in dreams and convert. I mean, because they will die. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's a big deal. But in order for you to join one of the churches, they ask seven questions about you going public oh. with your decision to follow Christ because they're linking exactly what happened to Jesus. They have a hundred percent clear expectation that that's going to happen to them. Mm. There, there is no if ands or buts. Like it is a very clear expectation. So this is their church membership questions, right? You need to answer these before you get baptized. Number one, are you willing to leave home and lose the blessing of your father? Number two, are you willing to lose your job? Number three, are you willing to go to the village and those who persecute you, forgive them, <clears throat> geez, yeah. and share the love of Christ with them? Number four, are you willing to give an offering to the Lord? Money, right, because this is a poor. Yeah. Yeah. Number five, are you willing to be beaten rather than deny your faith? Mm. Number six, are you willing to go to prison? And number seven, are you willing to die for Jesus? Those are the seven questions for the Asian underground church that they ask you before you get baptized. Is okay, it, what happens if you say no? I think they say... You're not ready. You're not a Christian. You're, you're not ready. I don't know if they would go as far as to say you're not a Christian, but I think what they're saying is, in this context, this is your reality. Like, when, when, when we gather on Sundays, <clears throat> there's a large chance that we won't see these same people yeah. the next gathering. The fact that the first question is, are you willing to, you know, go against your father, speaks to that culture in such a way that we don't experience always here. But Jesus said, I have come to turn father against son, yeah. mother, brother against sister. Like, and so I think there's a rawness there, man. Yeah. That's I think it's I would I would be curious 
to see some of the like not yet Mm -hmm. because I have a feeling for me listening to those questions I'll give my money I'll die not like but there's like I wonder if yeah I'll die for Jesus but the thought of being like beaten and, and here's it's a little a, scary. And, and, and notice. <laughs> I love the thought you're just no, like, no, that's die, the that no, 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 notice yeah, because just, it's be beaten or renounce your faith. So or, every, yeah. so everything that happened to the apostles in the yeah. early church, all they had to say was this, Jesus is Caesar Lord. is Lord. Yeah. That's it. Caesar is Lord. Three words. And you're watching your wife and kids be fed to lions. See, and that's like. And it's just like, man. You know, but that first question of, are you willing to lose the blessing of your father? Yeah. Because traditionally, that's the first thing that happens. Yeah. And I even spent time with Scott Kendig this uh, past week, and he was telling me about the work that the Grace family's doing in the Muslim world. Yeah. And they don't call it conversion, they call it a catalyst, because they don't want to convert someone and take them out. Mm-hmm. They want someone to come to know Jesus and get sent back in. But he said they just had a pastor who lost like two members of the congregation because their family found out mm. that they were baptized. They had to travel like four hours away to get baptized. It's very private. It's normally the pastor, an elder in the church, and then the, the people that are getting baptized, and that's it because it has to be in such a secluded place. And... um the father found out that they had been baptized and converted from Islam to Christianity and they were renounced and like done. And and when it's renounced, it means you You're exiled from your family. They you, have your funeral. Yeah. Like, like you're dead to them. Yeah, yeah, they grieve you, like in that sense. Mm. And again, I'm not trying to say these things to guilt us. Okay. Like not like Go no, die but it's for Christ. Number one, I think it's very important for a perspective for us yeah. that the American church is not the only church. We are the smallest percentage of this when it comes to worldwide Christianity, guys. Yeah. I mean, in North Korea, in Africa, in the Middle East, conversions are through the roof. Actually, we get missionaries sent to us in the U.S. now but- to literally evangelize Christians, almost, in that sense. So number one, I think it attaches us to the worldwide universal church. Number two, I think it really does help us answer this question, because we all have this question. Man, what would I do if I was there in the early church? Hmm. Okay, I can answer that for you. What are you doing now? Yeah. Like, I mean, like, if you're not willing to delete Snapchat, I don't think you're going to withstand... Torture yeah. and and not be able to renounce Christ, but again, all of that is subverted and undergirded with a deep, deep love for Jesus, yeah. like just loving Jesus. That's what it's about. You know, when we think about losing our kids or losing our spouse, it's because we love them. Yeah, it's a mother's love. It's a father's love. It's saying I love that kid, and what Jesus is saying is He loves us that way. Yeah. And for us to get a glimpse of loving him that way, that's what's radical, man. That's what'll change. I would love to hear from people like listening to the podcast if if they have uh, could articulate if their love and obedience to Jesus has cost them anything. Like, and I think specifically that your love and obedience to Jesus, yeah. Because even looking at that list, yeah, 
I think people can go, I've had disapproval in my life. I have Mm -hmm. had loss of friendships or whatever. Some of those are consequences. Yeah. That's not persecution. Yes. That's a good preach. That's a good distinction. There is a difference. hundred percent. And like, I don't think that I probably always knew that at the beginning. I think if you would have shown me that list even a couple years ago, I'd have been like, well, yeah, everybody's experienced this. Persecution is intent to harm. And there's degrees on that, right? That's yeah. a spectrum. That's to disapproval, to killing someone. But consequence, I love that distinction, Haley. That's good, man. Like, you accept Christ, you're not going to get dr- be able to get drunk at the party or whatever. Like, that's a consequence, you know? Yeah. That's good. That's good. I don't know. I just... I, even looking at it, that's I was helpful. like, yeah, I... Like loss of property. Well, if you don't pay your bills, that's a consequence. That's yeah. a consequence. Not persecution. Yeah. <laughs> Though we would love to call it yeah, that. Yeah, like you know what's funny for me is when I think about my relationship with Jesus costing me for sure. Man, I mean, I came out of a crazy lifestyle, so um, I lost a lot of relationships. But do you know where I've felt that the most is when I've carried the title of pastor. Oh, far more, far more than when I was just some rock and roll rap kid who got saved like and now you've changed and what oh you goody two shoes like those relationship things there were definitely some things um i think around me that i didn't realize of whether it be jobs or stuff like that that i was probably looked over for sure because then now I say that I'm a Christian and I'm reading like I'm reading these books in the break room and you know stuff like that like but when I've carried the the title of past, like I don't, so if I sit next to you on a plane and you ask me what I do, I'm going to tell you I'm a teacher. Ah. Because if I tell you I'm a pastor, the conversation ends. Yeah. It always ends. And I don't want it to end. I'm not trying to be deceptive. I'm not trying to aha you. I want to keep talking. I don't want this to end. But it's other people's expectation of who you are in that role. It's done. And then if they've cussed while they've been around me mm-hmm. and they find out I'm a pastor, they're like, oh, gosh, man, I'm so sorry, dude. Don't uh, don't send me to hell. Don't uh, <laughs> like, let, don't, that's what don't you let do. the big yeah. man know. And I'm Banished. like, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll cross you off my list because every night I yeah. sit in a room and I talk to God about all the bad people I've encountered. Yeah. This, <laughs> like, you know, but since I've become a pastor and the distrust in the church mm. and the scandals and listen, yeah. I get it. Yeah. I, I, I get it. It's very confusing to go Jesus, love, sacrifice, humility, scandal horrible abuse, all of these other things, you know, at the church. And so I'll say, I'm a teacher, and then we'll engage back and forth. And then when they ask me... What do you teach? What do you teach? I I try to take it a step further and say, I teach joy. Oh, I like that. I teach joy. Keeps the door open. And they're like, well, what do you mean you teach joy? And I'll go, well, I teach the scriptures, and I teach it from that perspective. And so um, ever since I've done that, it's been like, that's intriguing. That's intriguing because I believe the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever, right? That's why the purpose of all of this. And so, but it's interesting when I was thinking about this, does my love and obedience cost me anything? Since I've carried the title pastor, that has cost me more probably socially than just quote unquote being a Christian. I think in that. I can see that easily. Especially where we are, yeah. because everybody looks to the church 
as a religion. Sure. Right? It's not relational the way it should be. 100%. And they put you up on a pedestal. Yeah. And waiting to knock you off of it. Yeah, that's the They facts. don't yeah. mean to. It's a target, not it a pedestal. Is, it exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know, for sure. So it was like I just, the client telling me, well, you're religious. Right. No, ma'am. Yeah. No, I, trust me, I'll say some cuss words when I don't need to. I'm <laughs> but, <laughs> but those are such opportunities to engage on such a real practical yeah. level about what this is and who this Jesus is. And so, yeah. Well, I mean, you've talked about it from outsiders, but like you have pretty recently kind of low-key angrily talked about it from the pulpit of like people in our own congregation will see you publicly and get weird yeah and it's like i love you you're part of our (laughs) crew my family i am not a principal I'm not engaged. Like it's Hide like the beer. here comes Jason. No, it's like hi, Pastor now. Jason. I'm so sorry we haven't been there. We've had this. We've had, and it's like, man, I just we love you. Yeah, and making sure everything's good. I know sickness is going or like, and I think it really is striking to go like, wait, you you really do just care? I, yeah, man, think what you want, but genuinely, we really do care. You know? Okay, so what is a relationship that you have that has withstood? the changing of you in seasons and has just loved Jason all the way through. Courtney, I would say primarily first, then probably my parents and then my extended family. Um, when it comes to core, core friends, it's pretty hard for me to describe like my core, core friends in high school and stuff like that. There was nothing good about our friendship. Yeah. yeah. So it, there's really, and that's heartbreaking to say. Yeah. There really is nothing redeemable about our friendship. I mean, it was a hundred percent geared around getting this, doing this, going there, doing that. But I think when I look at the people who've seen me morph, <laughs> you know, and in <laughs> phases, and even when I met Courtney, I was still fairly recently saved. And so I was a conflicted, like Courtney prayed for me to quit smoking because I had just accepted Christ, but I was working construction and still doing this. And so like Eddie would get headaches and all of this stuff. And I did, and it was horrible. And so, yeah, I mean, I would say those are primarily the relationships that mean the most to me, you know, for sure. But it's kind of sad that I live such a life to my shame, not to some great testimony that there really wasn't a lot of redeemable, redeemable things. I, I needed to, I needed to get out of, of a lot of that, you know, that's unfortunate and it's hard, but I know a lot of people who live that. I was just talking to a guy last night who's getting ready to get back into his normal life after being in a program. Yeah. And he's like, well, what's that going to be like, you know? And so it's, it's, it's going to cost us something. But here's what I love about the gospel is Jesus is worth it. Yeah. Right? Jesus demands from us the same thing he gives to us, which is everything. So we give him everything, and he gives us everything. And what he had was a lot better than what we had. Oh, yeah. For sure. This you know, me giving him everything is not even a drop compared to everything he's going to give me. But it's your everything. It's my everything. Yeah. And he knows that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and that's what matters. So guys, we would love to hear from you. Um, if, if you know missionaries, if you know organizations that we should have on our radar, or if you personally are experiencing a situation where you're like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm a Christian, I've just been baptized, or I'm coming to church, I work in this environment, I'm dealing with this, send in your question. They, you can text in anonymously to... 573-877-7333. That's 5738, then 37s and 33s. Oh, got it. And and got listen, it. if you text in on that, total um anonymous, we don't know that. Or you can send us an email at info at westsidepb.org. You can check this out on Facebook. We would love to hear um, from you guys and be able to help you in any way possible. We've got some stuff coming up in the life of the church, some few things. What do we got coming, guys? Take it away. So November is coming. All things kids side happen. November is here. Well, yeah, I yep. guess November is. <laughs> we're here. in it. it. Yeah, like, we're in this like my mug. My husband's birthday wasn't yesterday, and right? I don't know when that is. But though. I feel like we maybe misled the congregation. I want to apologize for that. Okay. Last podcast, we were like, "It's November. We're taking a chill month," and then we did announcements this Sunday, and it was like, "Gotcha." So sorry. We have stuff yeah. coming up and actively going. Yeah, no, no intentional bait and no. switch. We just kind of forgot to, um, not, and we didn't really even forget. We just misspoke. That's all, all there is. There to all go. good. Um, November twentieth, we will have a play day in the park. We are going between two and four after church. Love have it. lunch with your family, and then we're all going to meet up at McLean Park. Love it. Have a game, even if you're not like you don't have little kids, you don't have any kids, yep. you don't have a spouse. This is just a fun, like, hangout If time. you've asked this question ever since you've been coming to Westside, I would love to get involved more. Come. I would love to know people more. This is the event. Absolutely. Come this to isn't going to be just kids playing or just adults playing. Come kick it. Yeah, we're just, this is a Literally, hangout time. Literally kick it. Like a knee there. and a foot. Yeah. 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 Um, what else we got coming up? And then our kids side program will happen December 4th. Yes. Um, during our family worship. I love and it. And so with that comes uh, November 30th. We will have a rehearsal with the cool. band. Yep. So, yeah, you guys can follow the website, follow the Kids Side at PB, awesome. Facebook page, all the things. Good. We've got Change Wars for Kids Side, too. Yeah, That's we like do. Raising November money. and December, you've got change in your pocket. You don't know what to do with it because nobody really does that anymore. Yep. Bring it to church. Give it to your kids. Or if you don't have kids, just take it to a Kids Side room. Yep. All yep. three or rooms Or listen, are doing if you're it. a grandma or grandpa listening to this podcast of a kid that goes to Kids Side, Hook them up with that jug that's in your room. Oh, okay, yeah. Granny, Grandpa, we know that jug is in that room. Okay, Absolutely. we know that bowl is in there somewhere, filled with change. I Give that it. to the kids side and kid. And the man. money is gonna go to raising money to buy coats for kids in need. Yeah. Yep. Big so we deal. want the kids to pour back into the kids, Love and it. they all go to school and see someone that's wearing, you know, a light hoodie when it's you know negative ten. Freezing. Yeah. Yeah. We want to fix that. So sure. bring in all the change. November, December. It's good. And we're getting ready for the holidays. We're going to do our church decorating. Whoop, whoop. Super fun time. That's yep. going to be Sunday, November 27th at 5 p.m. Love but it. But we want to hold our members accountable. So if you want to be a part of that, yep. we are going to like categorize you, put you to work in a specific area. Love it. So text 573-877-7333 I love it. if you want to be a part of that so we can plug you in. So and you can become an elf. Yeah. You're going to be an elf. elf. What should they take? Are they going to wear elf ears that night? Everybody that comes has to wear elf ears. 
Please no. tell Adam Dell the that. People, <laughs> no, no, no. The people that do come to this, though, are super passionate about like love and decorating for Christmas. Oh, yeah. So it's cool. No, I love it's it. wonderful. It's great. A ton of areas to get plugged into. We've got Advent coming up, one of my favorite times of the year. So listen, guys, we got a lot going on, and we hope that you love Jesus at the end of this podcast than when you started it. That's that simple. So until we see you guys again, it's all about Jesus. We love you. Peace. Peace.